0: How, uh, how am I coming through audio-wise? You guys both sound great, by the way.
1: You sound beautiful. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Been waiting for this all day.
0: Welcome back, loyal listeners. You are listening to the hottest new Puckhead podcast on the World Wide Web. Today's episode, we'll be talking about a couple of contracts that are handed out in the NHL this week, what those new deals say about the team and player, And if there's time, I'll lay out my case for why the 2019 St. Louis Blues are still the reigning champions of the NHL. Before we get into all that, let me introduce the other voices you'll be hearing today. By now you know and hopefully love his voice. My co-host, as always, Tyler is here. Ty, how are you doing today?
1: Great. Ready to talk these contracts. It's uh, good to hear your beautiful voice, my guy. So uh, let's get started.
0: Awesome. Always great to hear your voice as well. Filling in the uh, role for
1: third leg of
0: our tripod today, we've got the OG of Puckhead Hockey, the man who gave us our name, and what many people call the glue that keeps us together. Brian. Brian, thank you for joining us today, my man. How are you? He's doing well. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can cut that dead air. And Can you hear me now? Yeah, hey, there we go. There we go.
2: <clears throat> well, right. th- thanks for having me. Yeah, I could, I could still hear you, but uh, maybe
0: my mic wasn't working. But anyway, great to be here. Perfect. <laughs> Technical issues aside, I can't wait to get started. So we will jump right into it. Uh, first up, we've got Sean Couturier re-upped with the Philadelphia Flyers for eight years at $62 million. At 28 years old, this takes him well past what many would consider the prime for an athlete. Tyler, are the
1: Flyers playing 4 d chess, or are they a few checkers short of a set? Okay, so you look at the Flyers, and this contract doesn't kick into what, next season? I think it's next season it kicks in. Yeah, um, so even this year, he's still only making 4.3, so he'll actually be 29 by the time this kicks in. I think at the cap hit of 7.75, like I think that's a steal for this type of player. Now, when he hits 35 and 34, do we think that he's going to be worth that amount of money? No, but you know what? You got to pay these players to stay. You know what I mean? And everybody wants term and everybody wants length. And to keep the cap at low, you got to give that. And I think Chuck Fletcher, I don't think has to worry about that at the back head, uh, back half of uh, uh contract because he'll be gone, so... I don't know. I'm not too worried about it. I love the fit. The guy is super underrated, selkie nominated. I think um I think they'll love it. Steal of a deal. Seven point seven five. Like if you think about it, like this guy probably could have made nine easily.
2: Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I think the, the dollar amount at seven point seven five for what he is, you know, first line center. He's a um you know, more of a, a specialty forward. And uh, the only thing that stands out to me would be the the term. Uh, but if you're going to, you know, lock in a guy like that, it's going to have to be around four to six years. Fortunately for them, they didn't have to go beyond five. Um, but no, he's, a, he's an excellent player. And I don't really see anything wrong with the, with the contract at all. I think it's a good deal. It is. Uh, it's an eight-year deal. Oh, eight years, right? So that takes him to, to what, thirty-five, I guess. And that's yeah. that's where I see, the only issue with that would be, uh, the, the term. But, um, I don't know if you're gonna get him, or a guy like that, at less than you know less years than that. Ideally, it, I would have been, I would have wanted to see him around five years. But for the type of player he is, he's gonna deserve uh, a long term contract.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I think that that's probably a big part of it is that uh, they gave him term in exchange for what is probably a a much more manageable amount. Um, You look, they've got Claude Giroux potentially coming off the books next year. So that frees up a lot of money. Um, Yeah, I guess it's I think to me, it's just shocking because you see uh, you see a lot of players playing later into their 30s now in the NHL, um, You know, which is great. But you also see a number of really good players that are, are almost forced to retire at 32, 34 years old because, you know, mm-hmm. why would you pay the vet minimum for a guy like that when you could have, you know, a rookie with potential, um, especially when it comes to speed. Speed is, is a big part of the game now. Uh, and you're, you're just generally going to be faster with a 21, 22-year-old than you are with a 33, 34, 35-year-old outside of a few special exceptions. So I think that's where I get hung up on it. But he's a solid player. It's a good overall amount. Um, and yeah, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe the term doesn't end up affecting them nearly as much.
1: So, also, if you look at this contract, right, it's very comparable to the one Patrice Bergeron signed when he was 28 years old for 6.85, I mean, 7.5. So, let's
0: move on from the uh, next topic. You're speaking of eight years at 7.75 AAV. Andre Svechnikov signed his new deal with the Kings. At uh, 21 years old and only three years into his NHL uh, career, the contract terms are probably the only similarity we're going to find with Sean Couturier. Brian, what was your reaction? What are your thoughts on this? Uh,
2: uh, yeah, when you compare Kyle Connor and Matthew Kuchuk, uh both at 7 million or, or around 7 million per year, um, and you look at their, their points per year. Um, I, I think it's very comparable. Uh, you, know, you know, I don't think that he's quite at the, the Rantanen level, and that probably shows in the contract and why he didn't receive a $9 million contract. And over eight years, they could potentially steal this deal if he becomes a Rantanen type of player, which I think there is possibility of him maybe doing that.
0: Contract for them. This, he's going to be like 28, 29 when he wraps this up still very much in his prime and you know he'll probably get a great payday then as well uh another big one but uh you've got to figure in three to four years the cap will start going up again as it was pre-covid uh and, and as i said like the 25 26 season when he's getting seven and three quarters a year and he's going to be playing hopefully lights out for them yeah i think this is going to look like just a genius level contract at that point
1: yeah, 100% mm-hmm. agree. 100% like there's no even arguing. It's like, yeah, we're all same page. What a steal. Yeah. Well, let's see if we can get a little bit more, uh, a little more conflict on this last
0: one. Yes, Barry Kockanemi and Her- Carolina Hurricanes sparked joy across the hockey world with an offer sheet for one year at 6.1 million. There are more layers to this than an onion. Pardon the pun. But
1: I don't even want to overframe this. tie. Share your thoughts. Okay, so I'm sitting on Twitter, um, on the Puckheads Twitter. If you're not following, go take a take a follow on Twitter. We try to get all the up to date stuff. But I'm, I'm on Twitter and I see Carolina put a photo of Yesberry uh, and then said offer matched or whatever it was. And then you look at their Twitter handle and they've turned it right to French, like the. So I'm like, enjoy the pettiness is just overflowing me. I'm like, this is what the NHL needs. This is the eyeballs that we should be having, especially when there's still tons of RFAs out there. And then I sit back and I think about it and I go, this makes like, unless Carolina locks them up long-term after this, this makes no sense to me in the sense that you're paying a a 21 year old with a career high of 34 points, 6.1 million dollars. Right, that's the and you look at his contracts like that are compared to that. That's like William Carlson, that's Pierre Luc Dubois, that's uh, Ryan O'Reilly, Sam Reinhart, Matthew Barzell, Braden Point. Those are all his closest comps, like contract-wise comparables. Right, Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't even say he's close to any of those players. So, I I listened to thirty-one thoughts last night, and Elliot said that Carolina was trying to trade for him. I don't know why Montreal wouldn't take a first in the third forum, especially in this draft that's coming up. That's supposed to be super deep. And I don't think Montreal is going to be good, especially losing Weber, you know, probably to retirement. Like everybody's like, oh man, Tom Dundon really got him. Yeah. Well, Tom Dundon traded their Calder goalie, like Calder finalist goalie Ned to Detroit for a third round pick because they didn't (laughs) want to pay him $3 million. They also just passed up Dougie Hamilton, who like fit in perfectly on that team because they didn't want to pay him. But then you'll pay a guy who gets benched in the Stanley Cup Finals round um, and clearly isn't consistent enough to be in the NHL regularly. No, this doesn't make sense to me. Do I love the storyline? Do I think it's sexy, funny, hilarious? I love that part, right? And the $20 signing bonus is groovy. But no, this doesn't make Carolina better. They're still not – I still think they're worse than from last year. Also, they're deep at center. They have Aho, Stall, Trocek. No, I I get it. And if you're going to be petty, be petty. But, like, be petty and sign a good player. You could have signed Nick Suzuki next year, and they probably wouldn't have offered – I mean, matched it, right? Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's two sides to this. But I, I think that uh,
2: – what well, Carolina. They're not really losing uh, much, I don't think. I mean, it's a pretty safe and low-risk thing to do uh, when you think about that their first-round pick is probably going to be toward the bottom end, um, considering where they finished last year. And uh, I think that at a one-year contract, like they have some salary cap space this year, so that doesn't hinder them. Um, What they do beyond this year with that player, if they get him, I don't know. And I don't know if he necessarily fits into their team moving forward because, like Tyler said, they are deep at center. Uh, Mind you, a few of those centers are veteran players, so I don't know if they try and move them out uh, to keep him. Uh, It would all depend on how the fit is. Um, I just kind of see this as a retaliation sort of move that, you know, it does work for Carolina for them to do it i don't know if it necessarily benefits them but at the same time i don't think that they're really losing anything by doing it so it it's it's safe on their side i think that it will hinder montreal in a way now they have to if they do want to keep the player then they're going to have to move things around and i think at the end of the day that's why carolina made this move and uh It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think, if anything, this kind of hinders Montreal's plans. Uh, I don't think anybody could tell me that. I I love
0: this from pretty much every angle possible. Uh, the Canes' Twitter handle—they um, they just—they just, they run social media. They <laughs> they are the best at this sort of thing at walking that line at being this sassy, fun but without like, you know, going into truly offensive or, 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 you know, over the top. It's amazing to me how often they can just hit uh, an absolute home run with what they're putting out there. So to, on that scale, I love it. I love this from a hockey sense. I am a bit of a, a Kakanyemi fan. I think that his time in Montreal has been oddly contemptuous. And I think that, you know, like Ty brought up, he was getting set in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but like maybe that was a motivating motivation technique, but man like when they did play him he was one of the best players on the ice but if the only way you can get to a guy is to bench him at 21 years old like uh, i mean god it really feels like you're you're lacking in your motivational uh, abilities there but i don't know i like it i think that you're elliot friedman uh on 31 thoughts yesterday i don't want to get into it too much and just steal all the thunder but he made a really good point uh or, or put together a great theory about uh the fact that Carolina has a plan that if they do get him, they then sign him to an extension with a lower annual amount, which I don't think any of us really would have expected. So to me, this seems like just such an amazing move that they get a player that could easily be end up being like the heir apparent to, uh, to the stall um, because he's got two years left and he's, you know, in his early thirties this, this guy could be, you know, slot right into that, second line third line center for for you know the foreseeable future and if if you do get him and you can make that long-term deal work then that's great and if you don't you put Montreal in a position where they can't really even afford to to take him to to, to match they don't have the cap space they'd have to make moves but at the same time they really don't have any depth at center so this cripples oh. them and oh yeah if you go back, if you can go back, I don't remember why this stuck with me. Probably because I've had a, a bit of a, a love for Kotkin Yemi for the last year and a half. But I remember hearing when Bergevan drafted him third overall. Remember Bergevan? This is Bergevan's selection, and they said that they thought it was a bit of a reach at that time for the player. And Bergevan defended it, saying players of his size and his caliber don't come along. You can't sign them as they don't. They never become free agents. You can't trade for them. No one gives them up. And so, when you have an opportunity to take this player, you you do what you can do to get them. So, I don't care what the coaching staff says. I don't care what ownership says. They had plans for Kafka and Yemi to be with the team long term. They liked this guy a lot, but they were lowballing him. They wanted to come in at like two million dollars. And but I I get that maybe that's a fair salary. But yeah. But they. What's fair is what anybody's willing to pay you.
2: What's comical about this is
0: that Montreal, it's no secret, they've been after a
2: centre, preferably a number one centre, for a couple seasons now. Yeah. And that's that's why they went after Ajo. And now to potentially lose a centre of, of, like you said, Tyler, somebody who they were high on. They drafted themselves and they had big plans for him. It, it's quite comical that... That Carolina was able to hit them right where their sweet spot is right now, and that's trying to not even, let alone keep a center, but they're trying to add a center, and now they're they have to scramble just to stay where they're at. So,
1: well, the like you said, the karma is great. Two years ago, they offered sheet Aho, and they also offer sheet Braden Point, but he he rejected it. Like, why would you leave Tampa Bay, right? Mm-hmm. So. And then to come into this season and they get offer sheeted a way higher cap than they would have ever thought. And I just can't see. I personally, I don't know your guys' opinion. I don't think they're matching. What do you guys think? Um,
2: I don't think that that means and they're then desperate to, uh, to keep the player. And maybe with Shea Weber being out, you know, maybe that frees up some cap space enough for them to be able to, to eat this $6 million for, for one year. But, no, I don't think that
0: they're going to be able to match it. Yeah, I, I don't think they can match it. The best move for them is to just accept that he's gone and, and take the picks and move on with, as an organization. But there is an interesting history where when players accept offer sheets, then they're matched. The player doesn't last with that team, you know. Uh, you, can't, you can't trade a player whose offer sheet you match in the same season. Yeah. So Kotkaniemi would be there for this upcoming season if they did match, but here you've got a young guy who you clearly have been having a difficult negotiation with all this off season. And, you know, let's be honest, these negotiations probably go back last year because the, the, your agent's always gonna try and get you an extension before it's up. So they've been probably going back for, for, for over a year now. Uh, Kotkaniemi clearly has a different number in his head than what they're willing to offer. And then you come off a of Stanley Cup playoffs where they wouldn't keep him in the lineup. So I really feel like even if you brought him back, he, he's not going to be there next year. They're, they're certainly not going to qualify him for 6.1 next year. Uh, they're already showing that they can't come to terms on a long-term deal. And they're not close in that sense. So if, if they let him walk now and they get a first and a third, I think that that's the best possible outcome for Montreal at this point, rather than matching, having to make some moves to make the cap make sense. And then probably seeing him walk one way or another next year.
1: Yeah. And you look back and and you got to wonder like Mark's draft at that year, if this does go down that way, where they just lose him for a first and a third, they took him over Brady Kachuk. Whew. You know what I mean? Like, Birdie Kachuk Mm -hmm. went four. They had their choice. They chose the center, right? They thought he was – that's how high they were on him. So I get not losing him, but he also isn't panning out exactly the way. And you know what? He came into the playoffs this year, lit it up with Cole Caulfield, right? Even last year in the bubble, he was one of their best players. But the in and out, the in and out, the no trust, and even Bergevin at the end of the year when they were like – Media asked them, hey, is he going to be like your second line center? And he even said, hey, that's that question's kept me up a lot of nights. <laughs> so there are doubts in this player now, right? And yeah. you look back at Montreal, you have a top three pick and you pass on Brady Kachuk. That's, that's got to sting with the fan base. So I think, yeah, they need to now fill that hole or you bottom. You know what? Montreal can also bottom out this year. It doesn't even matter. They made it to the finals last year. They have tons of injuries. Price has been battling, right? They lost Cock and Yemi. This draft is really good. Like, really good. So this might just work out, and then they'll have two picks in it.
0: Yeah. I think part of the problem with that is, though, there's, you know, no one likes to see no, – no fan wants to see their team do, go from, you know, Stanley Cup final to – rebuild the very next year i i think like looking over the team that's kind of where they would have to be they've got a bunch of contracts coming up like this that they're in the final year of um i yeah i think that if if they don't if they don't shore themselves up for at least some kind of competitive team this year for this year next i think that you're basically going back into a rebuild and and you're your bottom team for another three or four years and that might be tough for an ownership group or for an ownership who, who just came off of a big run to, to swallow that.
1: Yeah, but, like, say it's a normal year. Are they better than Florida, Tampa, Toronto, and Boston? Like, they're not making the playoffs, you know what I mean? I mean, Those... Brian, oh. I know this is
0: probably still sore for you, but they, <laughs> they did. Thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> they, they took care of business in Toronto. No, I know. I get that, but... I don't know. I, I think I think there's a, a window now that hey you might suck for one year. One or two years, right? That's mm-hmm. it, and you're back at it. You still have Price under contract. You still have Jake <laughs> Allen under contract. Um Drew Ann will be gone hopefully. So that frees up six I mean five million dollars.
2: Hey, yeah, you you know, I think you have to kind of slow it down now and sort of revamp. Take the pieces that you have, uh you know, figure out what really worked for you in the playoffs. You know, you have those young kids. Now you get a, a, a season to re- really season them, bring them up properly. Uh, you know, like a Cole Caulfield. He looked amazing in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Give him a full year, you know, lots of ice time and that sort of thing. Take some of the pressure off of these these kids and these players. Take the year to figure out what you actually need. And then be competitive again, and, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, especially if you are going to lose Kakeniemi, Uh then take advantage of having one season to kind of regroup, and then make yourself competitive again. I don't think that this is going to be necessarily where they have to rebuild it, um, but I do think that if they don't reassign Kakuniemi, trying to be competitive again, you're not, like Tyler said, you're not going to be able to compete with those other four teams to try and make the playoffs. And if you do, then you're possibly going to make some mistakes uh, trying to be desperate. So take the year to regroup and uh, help make those those young kids better and add, add pieces slowly uh, rather than trying to rush it. Um, I think that they should be happy with where they got last year, and those kids will... Learn from that opportunity uh, that that they had, and kind of
0: call it what it is. Well, so I think we can all agree that we love the non-hockey sense of this. Um, we love the we love the the pettiness, the revenge uh, angle. Um, we're a little split, I think, on uh, whether we think it's a great for either hockey team. I can definitely can understand how it feels a little bit like a no-win situation for both sides, but I don't know. I think it's going to be great.
1: Yeah, I just want to say one thing. Uh, you brought up a point, Matt, which was actually really good, and, and you hear it a lot, especially on Twitter and everything. So, is the team going to be mad at the player for accepting this? Right? We well, look two years ago. Aho signed with Montreal, and I don't think anybody, like anybody in Carolina is mad at Aho. You can't fault Yemi for signing a six point one million dollar deal. No, you know what I mean. Like this team is like they're taking calls on you. They're willing to trade you. They're you know to make themselves better. Buddy just got handed a bag, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, and be mad at me, but I gotta look out for my own too."
0: Know what it's like to to be chasing that contract, um, so that they're not gonna be mad. But let me ask you yeah. guys this: Does Mark Bergman seem like the type of guy that lets things go?
1: Oh, I don't know. They could sign Neccis next year. <laughs> you know what I mean? They could <laughs> offer them Like I.
0: I don't know. I get yeah. the impression that like if they did if they did decide that it was the best for their team to to you know to match the offsheet and bring him home. I don't know. I don't I I don't see Mark Bergman walking up to Kokangemi with a smile on his face, giving him a hug, saying it's good to have you back, you know? <laughs> you
1: just squeeze him to death.
0: I feel like he'll take it as a personal insult. I think that, that that's the idea. I think he he manages a little bit emotionally. He does a relatively good job uh as a GM. I'd say he doesn't seem like a, a laissez-faire guy. If you
1: like. <laughs> but don't you think that he's also going to – this guy is sending up more offer sheets in the NHL than any other franchise. Two years ago, Point and Ajo, he wants a number one center, right? So, I don't know. And he's only – I think he's done after this year, isn't he? Isn't he only like just going to play out his contract? Let him be mad. The guy just got six million dollars. You can be mad at me all you want.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's one true winner in this in this deal, and that is Cocco I mean, Oh,
1: oh yeah.
2: You're 100 percent right on that one,
1: Brad. It's going to be interesting. We got seven days. I I think we're all on the same page that we don't think Montreal can afford it or is willing to do it. And Elliot even reported last night that hey, the conversations are already being had. We're probably going to just let this guy walk. Could you imagine like? You get drafted by one of the most historic franchises in the NHL, and then you get offer-shooted by Raleigh. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> would
2: be really interesting is to see what he, if he does go to Carolina and he signs an extension, what's that extension going to be? And is that going to be something that, that Montreal could have afforded? Let's say he signs for $3.6 million for four years. Well, that's probably not too far off from where he probably should be. So, yeah, I, I'm... Eager to see what an extension would look like if uh, that is Carolina's plans.
1: Well, and Matt reported it too. He he was right on it. He said it was two years, two mil, right? So that's quite low, especially like if you look at Dylan Dubey, who just got signed by Calgary. I think he was two point three or two point four or something. I think Kakinami probably could have you could have justified anywhere from three point five to four million dollars on a four year deal, right? That would have kept I think yeah. one year left of RFA, or maybe I'm wrong may have been into UFA years, but I think that would have been reasonable. A 6.1 and the same money as Braden Chen and Matt Barzell. And No, that's ridiculous, right? He won't maintain that. There's no, no, way. no, that's a lot of money for that player. But good for him. I'm not mad that he got it.
0: Man, I, I got to tell you guys, I'm going to put this recording somewhere special, and next year when we're all marveling at how he has just become (laughs) the best player in the nhl hands down bar none possibly in all of history i'm just gonna i'm just gonna play this back and let you guys listen to it
1: (laughs) i'll take it
0: yeah I mean, I'll be riding the high of, of the puckheads Fantasy Championship title at that point. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> The Blues will probably win the cup again. Oh. So. Uh-huh. I'm ready for that conversation, Matt. Let's yeah. tee it up. Let's tee t- 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 it t- up. I've, I've been waiting for this. I don't think we it. have
0: time today, unfortunately. Ah, I can't funny. wait to get into it. Uh, maybe next week. We'll see. We, we'll have to have some filler along the way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty compelling, I think. So I yeah. can't wait to share that with you all cliffhanger love it <laughs> fellas thank you so much for joining me on a sunday morning i think we all uh, hit it pretty pretty well today so thanks for joining
1: us yeah I feel awesome that was great boys thank you
0: yeah
2: thanks guys thanks for having me